Okay, so everybody. Sorry. I thought like I was doing good and like making other people the co-host so that I could like bow out and then come back in no problem, but <laughs> oh, well. it's all right. Hopefully, it doesn't throw everyone off too much. We'll see if we get everyone back. <laughs> Those who fell asleep won't be able to. They'll be yeah. like, "Hey, where did everybody go?" <laughs> That's the danger. Never fall asleep. <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> i love it there was one am i recording yeah so anyway uh, on one of the the groups uh, we had a new member um that was in she only stayed for a few weeks but um anyway she sent me a text at like 2 a.m and she's like where is everyone i just woke up <laughs> we had already ended the meeting everything was like off and <laughs> six hours ago <laughs> she had fallen asleep that was so funny to me <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. All right. Um, technology, it does it. Yeah. Do do. Where were we at? We were talking about all the the powers and blessings and and things, right? Um. So, um, one of my other studies throughout all of this is looking at the the Pardes principle, right? I I think I mentioned that in Group A. Um, so where we have the, the Peshat, which is the, the literal surface meaning of the talk. I mean, it's pretty blatant what that is here. And then we have the, um, part is, uh, Rosh, um, and where you have like symbolism and things. But what I was focused on here was the Darash. So the footnotes in this, uh, talk are, awesome uh the whole footnote k there on page 46 where it's talking about epithets and um new testament epithets like this is the the pattern right um where the epithets are very damaging and they they happened at the time of christ and they're they're happening now uh those those nicknames uh that's what we call them now we don't call them epithets we we call them nicknames and how, anyway, I just loved footnote K. It was very insightful. And this was written by President Nelson. Uh, he Cameron, um, what verse is that on? What number is that? Um, this is on verse is 19, the, the end of 19. Um, so it says, uh, cruel terms, abusive terms, uh, designed to obliterate God's hand in restoring the church of Jesus Christ in the latter days. And then there is footnote k i don't have k i have numbers that's what i have to figure oh epitaphs okay so 19 mm -hmm. yeah. okay so i mean it's like this really long one it's the the longest footnote here but anyway talking about all the epithets that occurred in the new testament times uh calling those then the nazarenes and you can just kind of see that right where this jesus of nazareth coming and doing all this stuff and they just call them all those nazarenes and uh, stuff by way of contempt Anyway, and exactly what happened to us as, as Mormons and stuff. So here's my question, and, you know, that, just going out on, on a limb, rabbit hole, right? Are all nicknames satanic? Because they, they seem to originate in these two cases from the devil. So are all nicknames satanic, and should we not be using nicknames at all? Probably the not. Savior has, the Savior has a lot of names. Is, are those nicknames? Are those his names? I mean, and so I think that that's a, a good distinguishing factor that we need to address there. Uh, like, what is an epithet versus what is uh, another name, a, a title? You know, I think a, all of his names are just synonymous. They're all the same. Just mm -hmm. Versus epithets. Epithets are always given by an outsider. They're never like self-distinguished or titles that are earned or placed upon someone. Um, They're meant to be derogatory. Yeah, meant to be derogatory. And so how many of you grew up with, with people that um, either received an epithet, a, a nickname from somebody that was meant to be derogatory or what have you, and that name stuck and you know and they still might go by that nickname or or what have you i i remember so many in in yeah. school spacey tracy 
Spacey Tracy. <laughs> and they usually rhyme, those ding, right. <laughs> catchy phrases. My daughter is Katie Potato. Yeah. She loves potatoes. <laughs> and uh, anyway. And was the savior given any, any of those names that are not okay? Of all those names that we have of him, are there any of those that, or what, what names did they call him that weren't okay? Uh-huh. So like here in that footnote, I think you said 19 or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. It talked about other epithets seem to have been used during New Testament times where um, uh, Nazarene was, was used as an epithet. Like, it was where Jesus he was from, right? I mean, he was Jesus of Nazareth, yet they turned it into this epithet that was um, meant to be derogatory. Not that we can't use that Jesus was of Nazareth, but when we call him a Nazarene or, or use that in some derogatory sense then we may, you know, be in that, that phase there. So I think it's all about where it comes from, what kind of attitude um, it was given in, what, um, you know, as we use nicknames and, and things, was it meant to, to be harmful and hurtful? You know, like, I think it kind of goes back to, like, humor too, right? Because some of our humor... We just like, oh, well, it was just a joke. Don't take any offense by it. But actually, you're really hurting somebody. And you're just trying to write it off as, oh, it was just a funny. But if anything's ever hurtful in any way, shape, or form, that it's, it doesn't come from God, right? Mm -hmm. Or else it wouldn't be that way. I mean, we're meant to honor all of God's creations. And mm -hmm. so some of these epithets are, are very damaging. And I had never quite considered the severity of it until this talk as I was reading through it again. I'm like whoa, I need to stop my nicknames, you know, because like Mormons, it, it was derogatory back in, in the day, but I had just used it as a shortened term because I didn't want to say the full name. And so I was just like, oh, well, it's just simpler to say Mormon or whatever. But how much of our current society, we don't take time to say full things and we just abbreviate every single little thing into acronyms and what have you. Mm -hmm. And so some of my nicknames that I've given people or call people by are just that. I'm not willing to to speak their full name and, and give honor to them. It's just a, a, a passing thing where I'm kind of disregarding people and not taking things as seriously as I should. I don't know. Cameron? It's just some of my thoughts there, yeah. Let me ask a question. Uh, I've got a nickname, and <laughs> yeah. I've had it since probably the seventh grade in school and until I got put into bishopric most of the people that I knew thought that that was my name mm -hmm. so I let thought me it was ask your name until question. I grew up <laughs> <laughs> okay and you still call me that mm -hmm. and so and that's me, what I was really like... kind of thinking throughout this whole thing I was like have I been demeaning my father through the use of his nickname because it's usually when I'm either poking fun or or trying to to you know not be serious about uh I don't am I explaining myself well <laughs> but I guess that's the question I'm asking is are you poking fun or are you doing it lovingly well, it says in here that the mean the re, the reoccurring efforts to demean prophets by giving them names like that has been in order to dismiss them with a label in order to to make it so that diminish anything that they may be saying. So if it's meant to knock you down, not, if it's like Nazareth, Nazareth, that was somewhere that was where people were not as wealthy, so that was why they were of the lower places. So mm -hmm. yeah, like. Ogden, West Ogden. I mean, you know, you say, yeah, they're from the hood or whatever you may be seeing. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, that's what I'm interpreting it as. Yeah. If it's being, being put on there in order to try and diminish what the real the name really is, then and knock them down so as not to make them look good at all, then then I would say, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it, it comes down to what is the intent and are you trying to be too casual in... In your relationships with others you know because uh, <laughs> you know i'm speaking from a place of high experience here right but like as you're referring to a spouse i mean you have different 
lovey-dovey terms or, or what have you, but I mean, the intent is, is obviously well-meaning in, in most of those. And so I, I think it does come down to intent and um, uh, casualness versus, versus seriousness. And I, I think uh, this is what I was trying to get to. Sorry. <laughs> my, my brain finally caught up uh, with me. The Durash level of this talk, which is you're, you're focusing on a big grand idea and distilling it down into a, uh, a phrase or, or something here. Um, what was that one mother that I gave you the assignment on? <laughs> Where did it? It says, what's in a name? Did that go? You're muted, by the way. Well, I did my assignment. Yeah, but where was it referenced here? Um, All of a sudden, I lost it. It's towards the very end, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, 31. Oh, gotcha. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. The, the very verse, or the very first of verse 31, so the second to last paragraph. So, what's in a name? Did anyone ever stumble across President Nelson's talk back in the 80s, I believe it was, called What's in a Name? He's he taking that BYU. whole talk and distilling it down here. Like, he's ending with that. And so he he kind of poses it. He's like, so, what's in a name? Did, have, did you read my talk back then? And, and does it apply to, to what we're talking about today? And I was like, whoa, that, that's a pretty powerful principle because that is probably one of the greatest talks of all time. What's in a name by President Nelson? I should have put the reference here. <laughs> but um, as I had never heard about it until I was going through this whole project of, of compiling his words and stuff. And I was, I was going through that talk. I was like, holy cow, this is, this is major. Yeah. So what would you say you learned from that talk that applies to this? Well, he, he was going into like the prefix and the suffix that like L and, and yeah, and how many names have those in it. And, and, throughout the scriptures and different things and and what they mean and it it's people got their names because of that and he he was saying something to the effect that um uh, you should really when you name your child let the spirit tell you direct you what that name is even if you're like wait until you get up into the prayer circle to not the prayer circle well it is a prayer circle when you're blessing the baby and, and let the spirit <laughs> tell you what that should be named mm -hmm. because names are so important they should mean something mm -hmm. you know i learned this morning that esau you know what his name meant as something red yeah. red and hairy red and yeah. hairy yeah, yeah. So, and then Jacob's was footprint or, no, heel print or footprint, something like that. Hmm. I was like, well, I don't get Which that one. It's interesting if you've yeah. ever read Ezra's, uh, the apocryphal book of Ezra. Um, it talks about that, what, the importance of the heel in, in Jacob's name. Ah, that's, I'll have to figure, go read that out. Yeah. But yeah, some of the names, it's fun to see the translations of them mm -hmm. in Hebrew. When when he was born, did, wasn't he holding on to? Yeah. Uh, they were fighting each other constantly in the womb. Uh, uh -huh. and, and, and the one was holding the other's heel as they came out. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, you know, without sharing sacred things right but what is in a name as we receive new names as we advance the the, the advance uh, ascend the the ladder to heaven and everything right but 
seriously. If we were taking a look at the importance, especially at the veil ceremony, what's in a name? And, and it makes me reconsider my casualness in using people's names. And, and I think that that was a very big transformational change in me this week of bringing honor to, to my family name, bringing honor to my own name, and not speaking casually of other people's names. Um, not, you know, I, <laughs> there's just so much there, and uh, speaking of it and stuff, but if it boils down to uh, a quarter of the importance of, of the veil ceremony, and, and there's something very major there. Um, anyway, so there, <laughs> I, I keep going back to like some of these promises and, uh, things that are here, but, uh, one of the things he says that as we do this, we will have the knowledge and power of God to help us take the blessings of the restored gospel to every nation, kindred, and tongue, and people. So if we're not doing this, then we're not going to have that power to do missionary work on either side of the veil. And... The, the second part of that, power to prepare the world for the second coming of the Lord. Like, we, by not taking this seriously, the name of the church, we can actually be delaying that, uh, that knowledge for, for people coming unto Christ. And uh, anyway, it's just huge. The, uh, the implications, the blessings and the cursings of this divine law by using the proper name. And, you know, most importantly, I think the, the huge one is that we're actually negating or disregarding his atonement in verse 9 there, right? Mm -hmm. When we discard the Savior's name, we are subtly disregarding all that Jesus Christ did for us, even his atonement. And so, you know, how many times do we laugh and kind of uh, uh, do tongue-in-cheek when people mess up and just call us, Latter-day Saints, or, oh, those, uh, you, you gotta say the full name kind of thing. But not being casual about it and uh, making this an important part of taking upon ourselves the name of Christ willingly and powerfully. Um, not being sheepish about it, not doing it as a joke, but being proud of the fact that, that we have covenants with a member of the Godhead and we are of his church. I am a member of the church of Jesus Christ. If we need to, um, where was that at? Was that in this talk? Where it's, oh, we have permission to call it the church or the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Where is that at? Is that? I was just looking for that too. Oh, verse uh, 20. Verse 9. Oh. oh uh -huh. No, it's in church maybe not maybe it's something you're right yeah it is what is in a name when it what nickname so oh no no it's not that's not it either no worry verse 27 the revised style guide it states in the first reference the full name of the church is preferred obviously but um, when a shortened second reference is needed the term the church or the yeah. church of jesus christ are encouraged the restored church of Jesus Christ is also accurate and encouraged. And I thought that that was interesting. Um, I'm glad that we are given those. Other yeah. Options. And it's interesting as we go into ministering too, like <laughs> kind of seeing the importance of calling ministering by its proper tense and, and text. We are not to be calling ourselves ministers, right? You know, I, I, but how many times do we do that? <laughs> because sometimes we don't have the, the proper language there, but, um, it, so it's ministering sister or ministering brother, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But we are not actual ministers, not but we are ministering brothers and sisters. And anyway, like how many times do we just get going too fast in our conversation? Uh, yeah. And, and I'm their minister or whatever. <laughs> I'm grateful that all of this, these things and corrected i guess more or less i would say corrected have have been things that were bugging me like mm -hmm. teaching and visiting teaching that really bothered me mm -hmm. that was a relief that that was 
emphasize that it is ministering and that's what we're doing as we're ministering. Um, that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. And then Janet posted here in the, the chat that a serious study of the names of the tokens that we receive in the temple is important and revealing. Yes, very much so. And um, what's that Corey Jensen book? Um, so like uh, receiving your endowment, understanding your endowment, and completing your endowment. Those are, are huge ones in, in learning those and, and then actually doing a, a serious study of that, like Janet's saying. I think that's that's very key. Um, and then, yeah, Leslie's raising her hand. Um, I had to go out for a minute, so I don't know if this was talked about, but um, when I came back in, I was just, if it's easy for us now to not use Christ's name um, in our church or ourselves, uh, how hard. Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking what it would be like when we are persecuted for Christ in the future. And uh, it would be very easy to leave his name out. Um, I think of, of Peter, you know, it's a, a we don't want to do anyway. And the more we stand by that now, I think the better chance we have of standing by him in the future mm -hmm. yeah for sure uh, i when this talk was given i remember thinking i'll bet mormon himself was celebrating he said like <laughs> he he understood that the importance of the name of the church and stuff and it, it probably really bothered him that it was being called we were being called mormons anyway i think he had a little celebration yay <laughs> yep and then he and then his son dropped his mic <laughs> what he dropped his trumpet <laughs> oh. Oh. oh that's I'm funny just, that was probably taken in too too far sorry <laughs> uh, that was good <laughs> Cameron. Yeah. Um, on page 44, um, verse 9, I really liked it. And I I alluded to this earlier, but um, the last sentence in verse 9, to remove the Lord's name from the Lord's church is a major victory for Satan. When we disregard the Savior's name, we are subtly disregarding all that Jesus Christ did for us, even his atonement. And then he goes on to name all the things that Jesus did. He described it's very beautiful. Verse 10 is really beautiful. For sure. Anytime that a, a prophet kind of goes through those um steps of, of Christ's life, right? You know, all of the things that he's done for us, even from pre-mortal to there, uh, it just solidifies him as a witness. President Nelson has seen these things, and uh, and then what he's trying to do, we have to, to call ourselves Christians. He, Jesus, who is the Jehovah of the, the Old Testament um, here, if we disregard his title of Christ, we're disregarding that uh, the atonement that he did for us and all of these things. I, I, it's such a powerful witness there. I love it. Imagine if we had done all these things right from the beginning where we would be now, at the beginning of the, the restoration, if we would have done all these things, imagine where we would be right now. Also, I liked it when President Nelson reminded us that every week we promise to take Jesus Christ's name upon ourselves every week. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. 
I loved when I was listening to this talk again, actually hearing President Nelson's inflection in verse 13. Um, uh, so after all of that, I realize with profound regret, and his voice cracks, you know, I mean, he's just getting so choked up about this. I realize with profound regret that we have unwittingly acquiesced in the Lord's restored church being called by other names, which each of which expunges the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Anyway, I <laughs> that was just so touching. Anytime that that President Nelson is talking about his his intimate relationships and revelation with the Savior and how he's like I mean, can you imagine what this revelation process is like for him um as he's called to be a prophet, you know, like uh Christ is either coming to him or uh, impressing upon his mind all of these different course corrections for the church. And here's one of the major ones. It's coming in the second conference. I mean, prior to that, but he's, he's presenting it here. Only two conferences into his presidency. And Christ is going, I don't know the church anymore. They, they don't even know me. They, they're ashamed to be called by my name. And, and, I'm supposed to be coming pretty soon. And it's kind of like that, um, uh, uh, the, the five virgins, right. That, that arrived late. You never knew me. Sorry. <laughs> you know, uh, that was the, the kind of, uh, profound realization that, that I had when I was listening to this talk again, it was like, if we don't do this, we are those, those virgins, those covenant members of the church who come to the door knocking and he's like, I'm sorry, you never knew me. You, I mean, you can't even, you can't even take my name upon you and you can't even use it properly. Like, and anyway, it was just like, okay, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I, I almost feel dirty even saying Mormon, even in its proper context, right? Like, I just don't want to even use that word and have it misconstrued that I'm calling myself a Mormon. I am Christ's. He is mine. And we're in a covenant relationship together. Like, this is huge. Um, uh, what that must have been like when, when President Nelson received that that strong, um, uh, profound regret that he talks about here in verse 13. And going, okay, how do I impress upon the saints? It, this isn't just like some announcement. This isn't some little uh, church news article. This has to be a full-on conference talk. And I have to, to, to reel it in hard <laughs> because this well, is not inconsequential. And then this 15, for a long time. Well, and, and number 15, this one hits it hard when he says, when we omit his name from his church, we are inadvertently removing him as the central focus of our lives. That's, that's pretty, out, that, that says it right there. Yeah. So let me just share this and maybe you have felt the same way. Um, I don't know how to say this. I have been seeking the Lord for a long time. My middle name is Christine. And I remember in first grade walking home from school and a girl asked me if I was Christian. Like, Christine, Christian, like, and I wanted to know, and I wasn't, wasn't a member of the church. I wasn't raised in the church until I was 11. And then I wasn't even raised in the church when you have convert parents that are trying to figure it out. I mean, you're just not really raised in the church, right? Mm -hmm. you, you gather and glean everything that you can. And you have some people that stand out that you trust. And you're like, okay, Cecily gets this. What does she get? I see, you know, I see the fruits and I didn't even know that word existed or what it meant, but I, you know, I see how her life is and I want to be like that. And, and I, and I like to see, you know, and listen to her and different people like that. <clears throat> but um, I wouldn't see the savior in the church. Like had, it was, everything was about heavenly father. And like, there's little things that you would say that would be said about him, but like, I couldn't see him there. Like I was ser searching him. And I remember one time sitting down and this is probably, um, I don't know, probably 20 years ago, going through the hymn book and just like looking for the savior in the hymn book. And I wrote out a list, all the songs 
I had this savior. It was about the savior. You know, I just had to, I had to hash this out, mm -hmm. to figure this out. And the emphasis just wasn't there. It just wasn't. It, it, did I miss something? That's my question. Did I miss something on you that were raised in the church? I, or was this just my path that the Lord took me in to find him? Nope. You didn't miss anything from my viewpoint. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think we, we get a little off in our emphasis or our uh, things that, that we do there. Yeah. Um. In fact, I'll share one when my daughter was she lived in 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 town and where she lived in her ward took in two homeless shelters. And when I would go to church with her at that church that had the homeless shelters, I can tell you. Christ was there more than any time I can count on all the times I've been in my own ward. He it was so humbling. And so touching to go into there. I, I, I can't even, I think everybody should, I, and I said that in my own ward before, I think everybody should have to go to that one at least some point because it was so moving for me to be able to witness that. I agree. Another church I used to go to and it wasn't the LDS church. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints it was but we had a homeless lady that lived on the back steps and I would always like I was in charge of this little department that would help people like with food drive stuff like that and uh, so many people would get mad at me because we were letting this lady live on the church porch you know and it was I don't know it was really telling of where people's hearts really were sad. because what you were doing was christ-like actions and that was i they, think sometimes they, they got mad at think, me for letting it happen and i'm like and I, think, to help her. I think sometimes some but some people do that because this is just my analogy and i could be wrong but down deep they know inside that that that's a good thing to do but because maybe they think you're doing it and they're not they're they're going to try and drag you down and condemn no, they you didn't want it. they didn't want it near the garden oh my gosh know, you know it was um aesthetically not cool <laughs> well That's life's crazy. not aesthetically cool all the time <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 they they actually kicked me out of that group <laughs> wow they fired me and i'm like fine and then i left i just completely left that church you later. Peace out. But yeah, sometimes we can kind of be a little, uh, we kind of miss the mark in, in some ways. Yeah. And, and sometimes Wait, that mark is, is Christ. And, and sometimes we miss it uh, based on other mm -hmm. emphasis that we place, you know, like Laura was saying, you know, sometimes there's such an emphasis on Heavenly Father that we just kind of disregard Christ a little bit or or vice versa. I mean, there's there's so many different things that can can flow in and, and hinder but uh, what President Nelson's trying to get us to do, use his correct name and actually hear him, you know? Like, mm -hmm. there's there's all of these things flowing to us um, because, uh, like uh, Janet pointed out from uh, that chapter one there, um, I know them. And uh, he's trying to help us to get to know them as well. Also, um, I got to preface this, but... A silly preface, but it'll lead into something good. But I used to watch uh, Bill O'Reilly, and he had these books, Killing Lincoln, Killing Kennedy, and, and Killing Jesus. And when he searched that out, and he had a, a person helping him research all that, and they never could find the word Christ until after the crucifixion. And, and that's because... He earned that. It's an office. Is he's Jesus the Christ? Because it is an office. But anyway, so when you put that into with verse ten, where it's talking about the uh, what he suffered and the whole atonement. Anyway, he earned that that name, Jesus Christ, and he he earned it in a 
a really hard way. He, he earned it. And so it behooves us to come, Jesus Christ. And what a privilege and honor it is for us to take upon us his name, that title that he earned, right? We are his through that. We can, That's what we we say. can kind of think of Christ as a title, like Cameron just said, and also a new name. <laughs> it, it very much is so. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes... Uh, we can just kind of go through the temple so uh, many times and it's just kind of routine or whatever, but if we'll stop and think about that just right there uh, and the power that that actually yields to us through, through covenant is, is huge. And so my question for you, Cameron is. <laughs> I love your questions. Anytime it prefaces that way, I know a good one's coming. <laughs> if we are to, take upon us that title that new name do we have to do what he did at yeah. some point in our progression yes i would say that with an emphatic yes that's my opinion as we uh from from learning um in isaiah's uh ladder to heaven and uh those uh, from son servant on, uh, we become proxy saviors, saviors on Mount Zion, and he allows us part in that brotherhood of suffering. I think that that's how I would answer that now is I, I, I wouldn't have answered that a year ago the same way, but uh, a resounding yes. And that's what freaks me out. That poor <laughs> ordination book. And then there's my blessing, and I've shared parts of my blessing with you guys that you guys know I've had a rough life and my blessing says, oh girl, it's not even close to what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I, when I first realized that I just cried and cried and cried, but now I'm tough, sort of. <laughs> if I freaked out and quit reading the foreordination book, it's like, oh, can I do this? But, um, and then realizing okay that's probably why i'm single and will be single i told my mom i said i'm gonna be like those ladies in those book of mormon movies <laughs> they're jumping off the cliff into the fire because they believe in you that i've always felt that and she's that like oh that won't happen i'm like then why do i think that but i'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen to me i'm not lying <laughs> I, I believe, yeah, it's just a you know. interesting little visual there. Yep. Book of yeah. Well, I remember when we watched those, I remember thinking, oh, that's me right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that's just been the, the Lord helping prepare my mind <laughs> for what I need to. I always have to know what's coming before I can go do it or I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's all based off of agency, right? Too. Like um, going through. The, the brotherhood of suffering, like, yes, we are compelled to to suffer some things, but um, the fact that we can willingly enter into uh, suffering and sacrifice on behalf of others is, is quite key and profound, and it, it's only if uh, you're wanting to, to do that. Right. Hey, before we end, I'm going to take us way off topic, so <laughs> I'll let everybody end first before I take... <laughs> yeah way off topic okay but i want to ask you guys something <laughs> yeah for sure all right so yeah any other things out of this talk I, this was such a fun one to go back through and really internalize it i mean oh man i think it should just be a required reading like every year in the church right i mean <laughs> that we just make well sure and required to read those others before it yeah. like your book like that's the part I want to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Anything else before we kind of shift gears a little bit? Sorry. I, <laughs> I didn't realize what time it was. I love it. We're just pretty much having two hour groups anymore. <laughs> you guys are the best. I love it. Cameron, why don't you just combine 
the Sunday night groups start at eight o'clock and just go till midnight. Because <laughs> <laughs> then we'd be leaving out Laura for the most part. She's over in North Carolina, and what? Let's see. What time is it? They have to take a nap. Yeah, you're what? Right, nine thirty now. Nine thirty. Yeah, she's at nine thirty, and so it's it's really hard. You guys have a special about you too. I would want that to change. <laughs> yep. Yeah, those that have bounced around to the different groups and stuff, it it, it varies differently and stuff. It, yeah, they're massively different. I've gone to all three. <laughs> If we could have like a retreat with group A and then a retreat with group B and everything, that would be super fun too. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I, think I, I can make it to just... one of your retreats though. I don't feel like traveling right now. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're totally fine. I get it. And the last thing I we do is 20 miles leave. from yeah. my house and then I feel like I have to go back. So <laughs> yeah. we'll do virtual ones. But, yeah. Okay, Tracy, what do you have to say? It's killing me now. So the hope of Israel, so you're probably not gonna have this one, Laura. It's the devotional to the youth in June of 2018. But did you guys uh, read that? Cause it's in between last week's and this week's on page 29, verse 62. It references what Avraham was talking about yesterday. Did anybody catch that? Oh, fun. Yeah, let's let's read that real quick. So I just thought I'd bring it up just because that just poked me big time when I was reading that uh, this morning. So I'll go to the PF to PDF. Tell me what that is again. Uh -huh. So Hope of Israel. It is in June. You mean the PDF of, of my book? Mm hmm uh -huh. So in the PDF of my book, it's on page 29. Okay. Verse 62. So that uh, references Isaiah 18 to which. When you read that out loud. Sure. Would you like, this is talking about the gathering of Israel and this is to the youth and giving them their charge to to do that, would you like to help gather Israel during these precious latter days? Would you, who are the elect, be willing to help find the elect who have not heard the message of the restored gospel? Would you like to be among those swift messengers of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke? That's Isaiah 18, 2. Is that translation swift? That's a translation term, right? Yeah, let me look it up really quick. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what we've yeah. been talking about all along. Swift would be the seraphim, which is the translated. Because mm -hmm. they have wings for so they for their movement, they're swift messengers. As, as I understand them. Is there more to that? You could keep reading. That is that's translation right there though. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out because it just got me. Okay, what does Isaiah 18 to say? Do you have that? Yeah, so here's Avraham's translation of it so that we can see, you know, kind of how it translates and stuff there too. But, um, so I'm going to read verse 1 along with it because it's all kind of the, the same. It's tied together, yeah. So, woe to the land of buzzing wings beyond the rivers of Cush. <laughs> which sends emissaries by sea in swift craft across the water. They say, go speedily, you messengers. Go to a people perpetually on the move, a nation uh, dreaded far and wide, a people continually infringing whose rivers have annexed their lands. And so um, what Avraham was saying in that uh, thing or whatever, he was, wasn't he calling Cush Canada? right did i yeah yeah right yeah so kush is canada and so the um the land of buzzing wings america beyond the rivers of kush which sends emissaries by sea and swift craft across the water but yeah those the swift messengers that what is buzzing wings is that the airplanes mm -hmm. probably did you see the the picture of the no-fly zone over Ukraine and all the planes all around it. 
Do you see it was empty over Ukraine and there's like this like mass of planes all around it? Have you seen that picture? I haven't yeah. seen that, no. Yeah. Okay, and then I have one more thing that I found that I just wanted to say. Do you remember when President Nelson asked us, uh, what would your life be like if without the Book of Mormon? And then I found a cool answer to that here, which I don't know. I don't know, it might be stupid to you guys, but if there were no Book of Mormon, this is over on verse 88 on page 32 at the last end. If there were no Book of Mormon, the promised gathering of Israel would not occur. I guess I just never realized that. Yeah. Okay, that's the two things I was just like. Very powerful. And, you know, this is a talk to the youth of the church, right? I know. Like, who got to really read that? Like, <laughs> we need to see all these talks. <laughs> wow, that's what was fun about compiling all of them. He's like, so thank you. Them's you did it. And, yeah, but, like, what you pointed out there in verse 62 is just blowing my mind. Would you, who are the elect, be willing to help find the elect? I mean, we see that all the time with Isaiah, with um, Triumph of Zion, right? I mean, I, we're talking about the, the 144,000. That is the exact thing that's being referenced here. Mm -hmm. So he's like, he, he's asking the youth, do you want to be a part of the 144,000? They don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> just think how much we've studied and studied and studied, or maybe they do know it because they're just smarter because they're the last... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to be among those swift messengers? Like, do you want to get translated? Like, <laughs> here it is. And the youth battalion. That's what this this talk culminates in. Um, the youth battalion being equated with 144,000. Like, th this is huge. Mm -hmm. And and we see it in, in our ward a lot with our, our mini youth battalion. I do the family history program, right? And, man, every time that they're asked to... Uh, participate in gathering Israel on the other side of the veil. I mean, they just rise to the occasion and and do so much good. And anyway, it's, it's amazing. They have the power. They are the elect. And if they'll rise to um, the privileges that can be theirs, they can have these blessings. <laughs> they don't have to go through some of the stuff that we went through. That, or I guess I, they, they back. They obviously do if they're going to be translated, but um yeah they don't have to wait as long as as some of us who <laughs> are just barely coming to the party right you sound like you're so old right there but you're not i am so old my body's starting <laughs> to creak i mean it is bad <laughs> well you haven't seen anything yet <laughs> it was very interesting i mean it was like my 30th birthday it was like my body started on the very day of the birthday. Like I was like, I'm starting to get like these weird like creaks and stuff. And like, man, my back starts to go out all the time. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, now I understand what everybody's complaining about. Oh no, you don't. You can still see. Wait, you just wait. You wait. You got it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's don't nothing. That. I just gotta get translated. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Go for that. <laughs> well, plan for that, but plan for the alter, the alternate bit also. <laughs> Bracey, we want you to stay in Group A. Oh, I go to all of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I try to anyway. The Wednesday one, I have my little BYU pathway group, so I go there sometimes. Mm -hmm. Do you teach then in Pathway? I'm a BYU Pathway missionary. Are you? Uh, yes. I didn't know that. I'm helping gather scattered Israel. I have students 18 to 32. Hmm. You do it on Zoom? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my, my head honcho is coming Friday to my house. <laughs> What do you want? Tracy, what does that look like if you're a missionary? What do you do then every Wednesday? Are you teaching or are you? Um, I'm more of a shepherd. I just make sure they're there and make sure they um doing 
all of the things you're supposed to do, make sure we have a prayer and I do a devotional and I have to make sure they show up. I have to make sure their grades are up. I have to tutor them sometimes. And um, I do a lot of mental health counseling. <laughs> you also up at one time or they check in with you or what, how does that work? They come uh, for the first part for their, their education for an hour. And then the second part is their institute part. And that, that is so powerful. That converts people so well. Oh my goodness, I've seen so many miracles. But um, they also go online to their regular professors for their religion class and their PC 101 class. But they're required to come to us missionaries for, they kind of preview the next uh, session and work through things together as a group, both academically and spiritually. One hour for the academic, one hour for the spiritual. So that's really cool. Do you have any students in Pakistan? Mine are all in the Western United States, Canada. I'm a West Coast missionary, but there are 66,000 students 1,100 missionaries were the largest university in the world. Wow. So cool. <laughs> yeah. If you guys want to become a BYU Pathway missionary, it's very easy. You just go tell your stake president, whoever's under him for like, mm, kind of self-reliance is where it's through my stake. It's different in each stake. You just say, I want to be a BYU Pathway Missionary. And then you go through all the steps and, you know, all that stuff. Did you get a name tag? I have a name tag and I have to wear it every week. That's so fun. I served a service mission. Um, it's been uh, it's been nine years ago. When we first moved here to North Carolina, I was called to help the missionaries in the Raleigh, North Carolina mission with Facebook. So I got a name tag and I wore a dress every day and I didn't listen to the radio and I didn't watch TV and I still live at home with my family right mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was such a beautiful experience I served for 28 months oh my gosh every Monday I got to meet with the mission council at the mission office and yeah we do all that I did um it was just, it was really cool I got to speak in a couple different state conferences and oh I just loved it at the same time, I was serving as primary president, and my um, son was on a mission in Idaho. Nice. It was awesome. It was just like, that was like the awesome time. And then when I was released, it was like, whew, it was awful. <laughs> so along with the, the calling, you also have to go around, like it's just before the semester is going to start. So we go around to, I go to the YSAs mostly and find, we go on finding you know, mission to find our people. And so you have to go do talks and speak before elders quorum releases these. And you have a companion? I have two. I had a companion and then she got her husband to go. And so now I'm in a trio. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hey, Tracy, how much time does it require? It is not that much as you get going up front it's quite a bit just getting going and you do that in the summer so it's not too bad but it's maybe five hours a week total including the time I spend with the students but probably the biggest part is keeping some of them glued together because they're a train wreck hot mess <laughs> getting divorces and all sorts of things <laughs> Don't get a divorce while you're in school. <laughs> and a lot of mental health things. I have one student who uh, here, before she was in BYU Pathway, she was hearing demons in her head all the time. And since BYU Pathway, they have stopped. Huh. I see lots of cool little miracles all the time. Hey, my student up in Canada, he was stuck in the, trapped in the flood back in... December, I think it was. But he could, we could still text him, but he had, all the bridges got washed out. Oh yeah. The flood was like one mile from his house. 
he didn't have enough food storage and it was scary. So it's never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know. For sure. Yeah, it's super cool. All right. Well, we will um, let me pull up the schedule, sorry. Um for next week, we are in April 2019, and Group A is going to be focusing on Come Follow Me. For that one. And then if you want to catch that for donations chat, it'll be Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Okay. And those um, uh, audios are on Learning Zion, but they're private, so... Um, if, if you can't access it, let me know and then I can like add you to that to that book there. Um, but you'll be able to listen to the, the audios of those chapters. Are you going to leave those out there time or do I have to worry about like listening to them right away? Sorry, well, I missed the very first part of your question. Are you going to leave them up there? Just leave them up there forever? Yes, unless they okay. make me take them down. <laughs> okay. And what about the other book? Is it there? I haven't looked. The Fire of the Spirit? Fire of the Spirit. Is that what's going on? Yeah, that's still up. it's also a, a private one, so if you can't access it, let me know. But and what time did you say it was on Saturday? Ten thirty a.m. I wrote that down so wrong, and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, we we voted on a few different ones, and there was the the option of what was it? There was Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Anyway, that one had the most votes, and that's the one that kind of worked best with me and my mom. So that's the one we did, but. Hopefully, you know, people can, can make it. If not, uh, like, I'll record everything. But, you know, for donations, just the disclaimer, I mean, it, it is kind of an interesting book. Like Tracy said, it kind of freaked her out at first. So, <laughs> you know, take it with a grain of salt. We're just, it's just a book club. We're not trying to, like, preach some weird doctrines and stuff. But chapter 17 is, is definitely an interesting one. Is it going to freak me out? <laughs> I think I'm going to go jump forward and read it now. What two hours. That? I think it's two hours, isn't it? Yeah, chapter 17 is like a two-hour audio, um, but it, it covers a lot of different new ideas about translation and the state of being translated. So anyway. Okay. And Elle's asking in the chat what what's oh, uh -huh. on Saturday. Explain that just a little better for yeah, her. So the, the Forward Nations book, anybody that's reading that along with us, um, we're going to do our first Zoom on it. Uh, we'll probably do like maybe three to four Zooms on it throughout the year. Um, but since Chapter 17 has been such a, I don't know, controversial or like everybody, as soon as they get to Chapter 17, they're just like writing me and asking me all these questions and things. And so I think it's time we actually get together and, and do a book club. So it came sooner than I was expecting. So chapter 17, um, this Saturday, 10.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, we're going to get together and do a book club for anybody that's wanting to do chapters 1 through 17. Um, but yeah, I've revamped the, the audios a little bit, so they're they're on Learning Zion there if you want to listen to them. But again, it's more of kind of like a, a deep one. I, I probably wouldn't share those out unless you've read it before and are comfortable with the, the things in it because I, some people got anxious and just started sharing it with, with their friends and they got freaked out. So anyway, it, it's definitely some of the juicy tender steak of the gospel rather than some of the milk. So anyway, take it for what it is there. Hopefully it doesn't freak you out. I, like I said, in some of the, the audios that I recorded, I'm like, uh, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. I, I don't necessarily agree with that doctrine that they talked about there, but. Oh, uh, well, like the reason it freaked me out is because it was ringing so true. And it was like, <laughs> like are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, like it, there's a, there's a lot. That's why I was here. freaked out. I was like, <gasps> as I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, there are so many things here. And that when I like went and prayed about like one or two of the different <laughs> things, about it, like a resounding yes. And so I was like, I get you this. It, it, it's an interesting one <laughs> and Kathy like how far are you behind that that gift that you sent was so funny I thought that was hilarious <laughs> but anyway yeah if you haven't caught up well I mean you need to listen to all of them but if you haven't listened to chapter 17 you're going to be totally lost with with our 
chat on Saturday. Okay, I'll get busy. I actually did a little bit this morning. Mm -hmm. I have so many things to study. I don't know which one to do some days. <laughs> yep. <laughs> By all means, study the scriptures first and, and let this one. Right. And that's what I did. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, we will have to shut down for tonight so that I can get this recording processed before group B starts. So we will see everyone next week for Come Follow Me. <laughs> we should actually do a Come Follow Me group too. That would be fun. Anyway, we will see everyone next week. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>